Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 13th of May 2018, entitled The Ark of the Covenant, A Type of Christ, Part 6. And the Bible reading is taken from Exodus, chapter 25, verses 1 to 22. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. In the book of Exodus, chapter 25, Exodus, chapter 25, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 22, as we continue looking at this thought of, uh, about the Ark of the Covenant that we find here in the Old Testament, picturing the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Exodus chapter 25, verse 1 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skin dyed red and badger skins and shittim wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Let them make me a sanctuary." that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. They shall make an ark of shittim wood, two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. Thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. Within and without shalt thou overlay it, and shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about. Thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in the four corners thereof. Two rings shall be in the one side of it, and two rings in the other side of it. Thou shalt make staves of shittim wood, and overlay them with gold. They shalt put, and thou shalt put the staves into the rings by the sides of the ark, and the ark may be borne with them." The staves shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. Thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. Thou shalt make two cherubims of gold. Of beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub on the one end and the other cherub on the other end. Even of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubims on the two ends thereof. The cherubims shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubims be. Thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark, and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. Father, thank you again for your word that we have before us. We give you thanks for it. We ask your blessing upon it. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. It's funny how so many times that things work. I, I did not plan this, but uh, if you missed the service this morning, of course, as we approach the end of this month, we will be having our annual missions conference as we focus upon the, the evangelizing to the ends of the world, of getting the gospel to, uh, to every creature and doing our part 
uh, as a local church. And of course, we began to look this morning that the job is too big for us. It's one that is beyond us, but it's very able with, with, with God himself. He's the one that's able. He's the one that's capable to, uh, to see it done. And it's what God will do through us that we, that we want to see. This here is a passage that we will be looking at, God willing, uh, uh, Sunday a week as we, uh, as we continue in the thoughts uh, if you missed this morning, you missed such a blessing as we preached on tithing this morning. Amen. Uh, we preached on the first fruits. That's where we, the, the God gives us these principles of giving within his word. So many times they get mixed around, but this is where it begins. He gets the first fruits. He gets the best according to the love of our hearts. And of course, here, right here in the offerings that are being asked to bring, notice in verse two, them that giveth willingly with his heart, ye shall take my offering you see, the purpose is not for us to be able to get you to do something that you don't really want to do. The purpose is for us to get our hearts and do everything that is in our hearts and our hearts be in the right place to do all that God wants us to do. But we're looking here because in this passage that we've been looking at for, uh, uh, for the last few weeks, what we are into, what now, part, uh, part six of this passage that we're looking on. And, uh, and as we look here, we've been looking at the Ark of the Covenant, which was the first of the, the things that went within the tabernacle that God gave instructions for. And, uh, and of course, we have looked at a lot of things in the fact that, uh, you know, even though this was the place that God met with his people in the Old Testament, there's only one place ever that anybody's ever been saved, and that's in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And these things in the Old Testament, the Bible itself teaches us, are a picture of those things that are to come. And we saw that as we began looking at this, just, just the very origin of the ark and where it came from and, and the plans and the design and everything for it, it came from God himself. And of course, that pictures the revelation of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. It was all God's plan that brought Jesus Christ to this earth. And it's in Jesus Christ that we see God's plan being fulfilled. And then secondly, we looked at the materials of that Ark of the Covenant, the things that made it up. And of course, we saw the, the, the shittim wood and, and, and the pure gold. Uh, we find that the shittim wood, again, the incorruptible wood, uh, pictured the, the, the natural, the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament, where is that? that pure gold, his divinity, uh, everything that made it up. They were there all the time. God, uh, as he came in the flesh, did not cease being God. When Jesus Christ came to this earth, he was 100% man and he was 100% God. And I know that the mind doesn't always figure those things out, but that's exactly, and we saw that even in the materials of the ark, we saw both the humanity and the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament, picturing his character. And next, we looked at the anointing of the ark. And of course, that uh, it was there that the anointing took place that set this aside for the purpose that God had for it. And that pictured the baptism of Jesus Christ in the New Testament as he was baptized and beginning his ministry and set apart for the work as, as God himself spoke and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then fourthly, we looked at the contents of the ark. And it was the testimony of God. It was God's law that was put inside of the ark. And of course, for us, it was a broken law. We broke God's law. We could never fulfill it. But we see that, that really it was the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that fulfilled the law. And therefore, it's in Christ that God's law was fulfilled. And we see the picture of God's testimonies that were broken by man but fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ that were placed inside of the Ark of the Covenant. And then we saw the purpose of the Ark. What, what was it all about? 
It was there because it was there where that God wanted to meet with his people. We saw that picture in the New Testament of, of the atonement of, of Christ. You see, God wants to meet with us. Everything that he does is to bring us into communion with him, into to fellowship with him because it's, it's the sin that separates us just as it was the sin that separated from his, his people, the nation of Israel in these days. And so the purpose of the ark was to take care of that atonement that they could meet and in the New Testament, we saw that in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we look on, we find that, uh, uh, that, that uh, uh, this evening we want to look at, 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 at the sixth point, if you would, and that's the, the, the position of the ark, where that it was. Notice what he says there in verse 34. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. Of course, we've, we've already looked at this picture of the Ark of the Covenant was set inside the Holy of Holies. It was there. That's where God would meet with his people. That's where that God would commune. Now, the high priest could only go in there once a year, and we know all of that, but the Ark stood continually, and, and it was there. It was in the immediate presence of God, and in that case, it was there on Israel's behalf, the mercy seat. The mercy seat is what made it possible for that continual intercession upon their behalf. Now, God willing, next Sunday we'll be looking at the, at the sprinkling of that ark, uh, the appropriation of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ upon it. But right now, I just want you to picture the position of this ark there with the mercy seat. And if you look at those measurements, the length and the breadth, when the, when the, when the mercy seat was up, it's set to cover that ark completely, to sit right on the top of it and to completely cover it. You see, although the people couldn't see because there was a veil that was there on the Holy of Holies. He was within that veil. But the Lord Jesus Christ, our heart, he's the one that is set down on high. We, we looked at this for those of you that, uh, that weren't here. I, I lose track of all these, all these sermons every week. I think that it was, uh, I think it was Wednesday evening that we looked at, uh, at Jesus being at the right hand of God and, and, and the position that, that, that he is in there. But it's there in the very presence of God that he has set down. And in the holy of holies, you see, the thing that made it the holy of holies was because of the presence of God. It wasn't because of the materials that made it up. It was because that was the place that God met with his people. Now, if you look into the New Testament, into the book of, of, of Hebrews, and if we look there, I'd like to read a few verses that, that will show us the picture of what this, this, this Ark of the Covenant placed there in the holy of holies with the mercy seat set up on it, what we can see in the New Testament that that's a picture of in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 7, notice what he says beginning in verse 23. He says, and they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. In other words, there were a lot of priests that used to go in there on behalf of the people, but these priests, one would die and another one would take his place, and one would die and another would take his place. So over the period of time, there were many different priests and because they kept dying and new ones coming along that would go in there and face it. But this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> but this man, because he continueth forever. You see, all those other priests had to be replaced as they went in there. What? They went in there to intercede on behalf of the people that were out there. 
and they continually had to be replaced because of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Jesus Christ. Nobody would need to replace Jesus Christ. There is no death to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one. Notice what he says in verse 25. Wherefore he, Jesus Christ, is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. We'll look at some other verse. That's the only way that you can get to God is by this man, Jesus Christ, who is the only one, the one that is there, the high priest that will last forever, that's there interceding upon our our, our behalf, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Jesus Christ, always, forever, there to make intercession on our behalf. He lists, he says, for such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priest to offer up sacrifice. They had to do it continually. One sacrifice wasn't enough. They had to go back with another sacrifice and they had to go back with another sacrifice. But this one, he needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's. Remember what I, what I told you when we started picturing this before? That high priest, when he would go into the Holy of Holies and he would have on all of his garments those, that special attire that he, that he wore. And of course, there's a lot of symbolism even in, the, even in the, the robe that he wore and all of this, but they would have to tie a rope around his ankle on the outside as he went in because if anything happened to him, the first thing he had to do when he got in there, he had to intercede for his own sins. He had to make sure that he was right with God, and then he would intercede on behalf of the others. He had to take a new sacrifice every time that he went in there to be able to intercede for his own sins and for the sins of the people. There was nobody that could even go in to get him out. <laughs> they had that rope around his ankle so that if something happened, man, if he didn't get it right, he would be dead in there, and there's nobody that could go in and get him. And so that rope was so they could literally pull him out of the holy of holies, out of the presence of Almighty God. He says, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's, for this he did once when he offered up himself. Jesus Christ, he's the one. He offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priest which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the Son who is consecrated forevermore. Jesus is consecrated forever. He's consecrated for all of eternity. What does it mean to make intercession? Well, today we would probably simply call it begging or pleading on behalf of another person. The priest would go in there pleading, first of all, for his own, but then for all of the other people, for the whole nation of Israel that was outside of that place where he was meeting with, with, with God. But Jesus, he's there. The Bible says forevermore, not needing to offer up more sacrifice for his sins. He's consecrated forevermore. He's always the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's nothing. There is nothing that has changed about God's plan of salvation for mankind from when he first made that plan 
before this world was ever created, before the foundation of this world even, God had his plan in place. He knew that we would sin. He knew that we would fall. He knew that we wouldn't be able to save ourselves. And the plan was already in place that Jesus Christ would come and he would be our mediator, our intercessor. You see, the ark of the covenant It was that place of worship and communion where God and man could come together. We find that it was placed there in the Holy of Holies for that that purpose. It should bring great comfort to us to know that even though the law was against us, none of us could survive. The law never saved anybody. The law would show us our guilt and show us how that we had broken a holy God's law, but that law had to be placed inside of the ark inside the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that could say God's law that was in his heart, he had fulfilled completely. It should bring great comfort to know that even though that that law that was against us was completely covered for us in the holy of holies, it was covered by the ark. It was covered by the Lord Jesus Christ himself and that there on that mercy seat, God himself, he delighted in being able to dwell with those that he created with his creation and to give gifts unto men. You see, Jesus, what he's saying to us here, he is our eternal high priest. He is the only one that we ever need. That's why that one of the things if you tend to to go and you tend to read the the statement of faith of, of most churches of our type and whatnot, one of the things that always makes them stand apart is they believe in the priesthood of the believer. Each and every one of us, we have access ourselves and Jesus Christ being the only high priest, the only mediator between us and man, we don't need to go to the earthly priest. We don't need to go to somebody else and get somebody else to go to him. We go to Jesus Christ. He is our high priest and each and every one of us, we have access to him always and forever. Turn just a couple of pages. It's just one page in my Bible. I guess it depends on how big and and what size you print. But in Hebrews chapter 9, notice what he says here, picking up in verse 23. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. In other words, folks, the tabernacle, the mercy seat that was there, the Ark of the Covenant that it set upon, all of these were always, always meant to be temporary. They were never meant to be permanent. They were to picture that which would, would ultimately take men's sins away. He says, for because Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, those that we see pictured in the Old Testament tabernacle. Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, the figures, the pictures, these things that we're looking at of that which is true in the New Testament, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. The Bible itself He says that all of this that we're seeing there, the the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy of Holies, and and the tabernacle, that was where God met. This was all meant to picture the reality of the New Testament, of the Lord Jesus Christ coming, of us being able 
to have that fellowship and that communion with God the Father because of our high priest, of our high priest who was there on our behalf. He goes on to say here, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he, Jesus, often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. That ought to make a Baptist a Pentecostal, praise God. That ought to make you shout with joy in your heart. Think, once and for all, Jesus Christ He's the one. He's the one that entered in, not into the Holy of Holies that was pictured there in the tabernacle on this earth, but into heaven itself, praise God. He entered into the presence of his Father once and for all with the sacrifice for all time for each and every one of us that our sins could be forgiven, that we wouldn't be separated from God anymore. That Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat upon it, it was just a picture of that which was going to come when Jesus Christ himself, he would be the mediator. He would be the intercessor. He's the one that would be there in the presence of God for you and for me. A lot of businesses advertise it, folks, 24-7, always, never off duty, never asleep. He's always there for you, and he paid the price for you. You see, the high priest could only enter into the Holy of Holies one time every year, it says here. One time every year. I didn't finish reading the passage. <laughs> and as it is appointed a man wants to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You know what? <laughs> I'm looking for him tonight. <laughs> I'm looking for him. You know, I, I almost, and I'm not because I do it good. I don't care if I do it worse than anybody else in the world. I love preaching God's word by his grace. I love it. You know, if, it, if there's one thing that I like more than eating, it's probably preaching, praise God, because it's God's word, because it's what God wants us to hear. And I mean, you know, I could just preach on for hours and hours and hours. You might fall asleep or go out the door and get tired of hearing me, but I love God's word, and I love proclaiming God's word. There's going to come a day when we won't need any more preaching, praise God, <laughs> because what we're looking for, our blessed hope, is the return of our Savior for us. Right now, he's there. He's there in the Holy of Holies with God the Father himself. He's there interceding for us on our behalf, but he's coming one day to get us and to take us back there with him, praise God. What a glorious day that that will be for each and every one of us. What about the New Testament saints? You see, the high priest could only go in there once a year. And every time that he went in, he had to take a new sacrifice, another sacrifice. We find that with the New Testament saint, the Lord invites us into the Holy of Holies as often as we will go. He's there. He's never out of reach for us. We don't have to wait till next year to take our next petition to him. 
He's there right now for us. As often as the need arises in our life, we sang that great hymn a while ago, He Lives, and I know He lives because He lives within my heart. The entrance into the Holy of Holies, that's the place of answered prayer. People pray to all kinds of gods of this world, and they have all kinds of rituals and formalities, but there's only one place that prayers really get answered And that's by God himself in the Holy of Holies with Jesus Christ being our intercessor, being our mediator, if you would. We find that the entrance into the Holy of Holies is the place of that answered prayer, but it's also the place that we'll find strength, strength to carry on. Do you ever feel weak sometimes? I do. I do. Sometimes I just feel like, man, Everything's beating me down. Everything's going against me. It seems like no matter what we try, there's always another obstacle that's in the way. Folks, it's, it's in the Holy of Holies. That's where you'll find the strength to carry on. He's always there for you. That's where you can go with your prayers. That's where you can go and get that strength that you need to be able to carry on. That's where you'll find new grace for every day. The grace, the grace that you need, not only for those past sins to be forgiven, But, you know, it takes grace every day that we live to be able to be part of his family, to have the privilege to be able to witness for him, to be able to represent him to this world. For some of us to stand in the pulpit and preach, it's by grace, not because any of us are good enough to be an ambassador for him, but because in the Holy of Holies, we can find that grace that we need to do what we've been talking about, to do what we're going to be talking about all this month right up to our missions conference, to get the gospel to the ends of the world. I don't mean this in a nasty way, but I told you this morning, folks, I do not want to be a part of any church anywhere on planet Earth that their focus comes something that anything becomes more important than getting the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the lost of this world. Anything becomes more important than that. That's what everything else should point to. That's why we need the fellowship. That's why we need to be stronger. That's why we need to be united so that the work of Christ can be carried on through us. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't come to this earth for the sunshine. He didn't come on a holiday to get away from heaven. He came to save souls. That's why he died upon that cross and that's his business still today and that's why we are still here. So, folks, I don't make any apologies that we're going to be focusing on what can we do as a united group of believers to get the gospel to more people next year than we did this year. I don't care if we're the best known or the biggest or anything else church in town. We want to be approved by him, not by man. We want to be able, and I'm telling you, the only place that we're going to be able to do that is in the Holy of Holies in his presence, where he's at for us. Romans chapter 8. How do we always end up? Man, I love that chapter. (laughs) I mean, wow. And it seems like every subject that you want to go and and, and talk about, you can find something in Romans chapter 8 about it almost. You know, Romans chapter 8. Notice what he says in verse 34. He says, who is he that condemneth? It is 
Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Let everybody that wants to condemn us praise God. Who is it condemning? Jesus is the one that died for us. Jesus is the one that's there right now at the right hand of God in the holy of holies, interceding, he says, for us, making intercession for us again. It's not in Romans, but you know how much I, I, I love this, this, this verse in 1 John chapter 2. In 1 John chapter 2, and, and, and it's, it's one of those places, I, I'm, I'm not picking bones this evening, but man, the vast majority of the new Bibles have taken this word out of it because it's not a word that we use all the time, but everything they put in there seems to mean a whole lot less. You see, he says, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. We've been looking lately, how important is the truth? Does the truth really matter? This is what will keep us from sinning more. No, you're not perfect, but this is what will keep you from sinning. This is what will show you how to walk the Christian life. And if any man sin, we have an advocate. <laughs> we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He doesn't want us to sin. And I made this statement not long ago. You may as well own up to it. The devil didn't make you do it. We've been, we've been looking for a number of weeks at hindrances of Satan and what he wants to, to pull out of his ammo to get you. But listen, folks, every time you sin, you had a choice. You had a choice. Now, he may have blinded you. He may have tricked you. He might have pulled all kinds of things. But this is what will make the difference in our lives. We've got this to keep us from sinning. But when we do sin, when we do mess up, <laughs> we've got Jesus Christ, our high priest, our advocate right there. And he, Jesus, the one that's our mediator, this is that word I love, he is the propitiation for our sins. When was the last time you used that word in just your everyday language? You know, man, they was a propitiation. <laughs> but it's a legal term. And if you allow me to simplify it, it simply means that he is a propitiation. He met every requirement that God had for our sins. Every, you know, when we go into the courts down here, all kind of things have to be required in order to do. Jesus Christ, he was our propitiation. He was everything that God needed. He is a propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Listen, you can take that in a lot of different ways and whatever you want to mean, but let me tell you this. If you leave this world, and we've been, we've been talking for some months about the two eternal abodes, there's only two of them, heaven and hell. That's the only place. There's nowhere else to go when you leave this world, heaven or hell. That's the only two eternal abiding places. That's not our reward. That's not our punishment. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All the dead, spiritually, they're going to be in that place called hell. And all those that are alive are going to be with him forevermore. If you go to that place called hell, don't point your finger back and say, God, it was your fault. What I'm saying to you is that it wasn't because Jesus wasn't sufficient, folks. He was a propitiation for our sins, those of us that are already believers that have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but not for ours only, 
it was sufficient for the sins of the whole world if they would but come, if they would but put their faith and trust in him. Man has that choice to receive or to reject. It wasn't because there was a lack. There wasn't enough blood to go around that Jesus somehow, you know, he just could say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give my blood for this one, but I'm not for that one. We all have that, that moment in our lives when we ourselves will be that. I, I told some yesterday as we, were, as we were doing the open air up, up at the uh, Fox and Goose and, and some of the people that went by and how that they were just, they just push it all off so easily. They just push it aside. No, I don't believe. They proudly say, I'm an, I'm an atheist or I'm an agnostic. I don't want none of that stuff and all this stuff. One day, they will have to face God with that, I believe with all my heart. We're there to try to offer it to those that will receive. I can't make anybody receive, but I want you to know that there in the Old Testament, that Ark of the Covenant, there right there in the Holy of Holies with the mercy seat setting upon it, it was there so that God could meet with his people. It was there, and though that high priest had to keep going in and he had to keep taking more sacrifices and more sacrifices, <laughs> aren't you glad that the Bible teaches us that when Jesus Christ paid that price, he said that veil was rent. <laughs> it was ripped down. We have access through Jesus Christ from the time that he paid the ultimate price for us. We have access. Before that, no man had access. Only those high priests could go in. They kept coming and going and dying and living, but Jesus came once and for all to give us all access I believe also, and we don't have time to go there this evening, but that's exactly when before he ascended on high, he descended first into the lower parts, and he went down, and he set captivity free. He set those free. All those that had used this, this type, this picture, that pictured that one that was coming in the future, it was still Jesus Christ. Nobody, Old Testament, New Testament, has ever been saved anyway except through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, and I'll give you this for a closing verse this evening. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. The Bible says, for there is how many? One God. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. There's only one God, folks, and there's only one mediator that can put any man into the presence of that God, and that's Jesus Christ himself. But that, that is what was being pictured in the Old Testament, the position of the ark where that it was at there with the, with the broken law inside of it and the mercy seat on top of it. Jesus Christ himself becoming our high priest, our mediator, meaning the God with that mercy seat between God and the, and, and the broken law. The mercy seat, that's what it's at. And we'll look at the sprinkling of the blood on that mercy seat next week, God willing. But I want you to see the beauty of everything that God has shown us through the year and who Jesus Christ is to us. And I hope that that can be an encouragement to you. Do you know that every time that you go to God in prayer and you pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you go to God through Jesus Christ, 
You're going into the Holy of Holies where they weren't allowed. That's where you meet with God at. That's where Jesus is at. That's where he's there on your behalf, and that's where you'll meet with him to obtain, to get those prayers answered, to have God do whatever that it is, and when we worship. You know, the only way that we can truly worship in spirit and in truth is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's where we want to enter is into the presence of God. We're not here to entertain man. We're not here to put on a show. There's lots of things that we could do that people might enjoy and that might draw people in to to see the wonderful show that we put on. We're here to worship him, to magnify him, to enlarge him, that we might become less and less and that he might become more and more, that we might lift his name high, that when people come through here, they don't see a show, but they see Jesus Christ through us, through what we're doing. May he be honored and glorified in all that we do. May we never cease to try to do that. Folks, we want to be in his presence, and Jesus is the only way to do that. Father, we thank you this evening. We thank you, Lord, that... As we look at this, of the Old Testament, many times people are nervous about all these things and whatnot, but Lord, you were just, you were giving us pictures. Everything throughout this Bible is pointing that one event, Jesus Christ coming to save men from their wretched sins. That's what it's all about. Lord, I pray that you'd help us just to get a bit clearer picture of the beauty of what you did there in the tabernacle and how that points to what you've done for us in the New Testament. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you love such an undeserving lot as us. Thank you that we can know even now, even as I lift my voice to you at this moment in prayer, I come in the name of Jesus Christ and thank God that that can bring me right into your presence and there's nobody else nor anything else on the face of this earth that can do that for us. Thank you for that again here this evening. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.